0: It is Thursday, September 15th, 2016 at 1 o'clock Eastern Time, and this is Marketing Live. I am your host, Amy Jorgensen. On today's live broadcast, we're talking about building a better campus map. Marketing Live is part of a higher ed live network offering viewers direct access to the best and brightest minds in education. Live broadcasts allow viewers to share knowledge and participate in discussions around the most important issues in the industry. Today's live viewing experience is powered by Meister, the premier marketing tech platform for broadcasters. All episodes of Marketing Live are free and accessible in the video archives at higheredlive.com and in podcast format on iTunes. Higher Live is produced by M. Stoner, a marketing communications firm that works with education institutions on branding, strategy, web design, and more. I'd like to welcome our guest today, Aaron Knight from SUNY ESF. Welcome, Aaron. Howdy. I'm so excited to talk to you because um, I was looking up the different sessions that I couldn't see at either Elements or at Higher Ed Web, and yours popped up there. And I was like, I have to talk to this guy. So thank you for joining us.
1: Oh, Absolutely. I, I, I've i sort of been pigeonholed in in a way in, in High Ed Web circles and in Elements. This is, I think, the fourth or fifth time I've talked about some element of campus mapping. So it's, uh, yeah. It keep, people are still interested in it. It's a big topic, and there's always something changing. So, I love so
0: anyway, it. Happy to be here. Great. Well, and if anyone is watching along and you do have questions, please use hashtag higheredlive on Twitter. And I'll do my best to relay them to Aaron as we go through. So um, the first question is, where do you start on a massive mapping project?
1: Well, one, of the, one of the places you start uh, really comes, comes down to finding out what your baseline is. And you've got to figure out who who is in well who who is or isn't in charge of what you what you do have out there. Um, how broken is it in the first place? Um, frequently very. Um, and as you, as you develop this, whose responsibility is it going to be in the future? Um, you have to sort of figure out where, where content is coming from, how much of it's good, how much of it's actually good content, just like any other web project. Um, find out where things are broken um, and work from there. And then see who's got what you need to uh, to fix or to... Got what? What will help you fix things going forward? I mean, if your facilities group is hiding off, hiding off in some uh, back corner of campus and nobody's talked to them, they might have exactly the information you need to make edits responsibly and fix problems. Uh, your legal department may want to weigh in on <laughs> how much detail you put out there on the web <laughs> or, and and but overall i we talk a lot in in the web about uh, accessibility, but this is about making your literal campus, your physical campus accessible to visitors and if you can't if you can't bring people to campus. Successfully, how on earth are you going to sell them on on coming there in the fall?
0: That's a very good point. So, what type of content do we need to get together when we're starting this project? Like, what type of content should we be looking for? So, obviously, like building names, um, addresses, but sometimes the addresses aren't right in Google, or you know. So, where do we? What should we put together?
1: Where do you begin on that sort of thing? <laughs> and, you know, I, I work. I work on a small campus. We're I mean, like good nine buildings on the side of a hill sandwiched between uh, Syracuse University's carrier dome, a cemetery, and a freeway. So (laughs) we're really small. We only have three roads in that. One of the most fun parts, fun in... so not that, and so not fun, (laughs) uh, way so so sarcastically, is that none of the roads on our campus are signed their legal name. Okay. So we we have a road banding the, the north half of campus which is has signs on it for Forestry Drive which is our vanity address for everything which is legally the road at the south on the back side of campus <laughs> is that's what's legally actually like its 911 name. So if you call nine one one, yeah, um, that that's where they'll actually locate you, um, and the road connecting the two is named something completely different from what it's signed. So if you googled One Forestry Drive, which is our vanity address, you'd get our mail room, which is like most campuses' mail rooms, uh, a not the first gateway you would want to use for campus, tucked on the back side. Um, not where you want to send people. So what I started with was cleaning that up. All, all of our buildings were physically there and they all had the right names for the most part. Although Somehow we had landed at five different permutations of the college's name as different places. Oh, no. Uh, Overlapping things. They were all in the same general vicinity, but we started at the New York State College of Forestry. Um, We've been part of SUNY since SUNY started in the 50s, Um, but we've been here since 1911. So we got that all cleaned up, got the roadways marked uh, properly, which let us fix I keep saying us uh, <laughs> the only person uh, oh, so I. it's sort of the, the royal we without being even slightly royal um, but fixing that because a lot of schools are in this in this situation where you've got roads that have been named and of course your signs on the physical roads Ha, are signed for whatever name you go by, but those may not be the actual legal name that Google knows about, or that Bing Maps, or any any of the others. Um, it's gotten a lot better over time, um, and that helps. So going from there, one, once you've figured out, once you've got that straightened straightened out, it's way easier to convince reviewers and everybody else out there, it's way easier to convince them that you actually know what you're talking about. Um, For Google, um, if you don't, or for for fixing the actual maps, the fastest route is always going to be Google Map Maker. OK. The thing with Google Map Maker is it's not perfect. Um, I I know you'll be shocked that another Google product perpetually in beta is not always perfect at getting right what you want to do on the first time. So sometimes you have to be persistent. Um, But once you've built a reputation under a Google account, um, making edits and more importantly, with other edits in that are made in your general community. Um, the better track record you'll have, the easier it will get to have those things approved uh, in a timely fashion.
0: So should you be making the requests from, I mean does it make a difference if it's from your personal gmail address, or should it be from like your .edu email address? Does it matter where the request is coming from?
1: It depends. Um, All of the stuff I've done here is under my personal account because we got Google Docs for our domain three years after I started working. So I'd already built my reputation up mapping um, it on my personal account. And it's that that reputation you've built on the account matters more than who owns the account. Um, Obviously, for transferability, if you plan on pitching this off to somebody else in your workplace, it's probably best um, to use some sort of official account um, to do it with rather than somebody's personal account. But the the reputation-building piece generally matters more. Um awesome. Because you don't so, actually see—you only see the display when you're reviewing edits. You only see the display name of the person who made the edit, you know. And what limited Google profile is available for that? You don't see that it's tied to an esf.edu email address or a Gmail account or anything like that.
0: That makes my sense. My Google,
1: my Google account lives all sorts of screwed up. So, <laughs> like many people, I think I have at least six different. Google-affiliated accounts flying out there somewhere, and I have no idea anymore. <laughs> so
0: let's dive into some of the different mapping tools. So when we're looking at mapping our university, I know I think University of Virginia is doing something with like Silverlight. Like anytime I try to download the map online, I got to go to Silverlight, and I'm not entirely sure what that is. So what do you recommend when it comes to tools? What, where should we update our information and our
1: locations? What I would, what I always use um, first is is not, and, and I, I love the various companies out there who do awesome jobs with interactive campus maps. And they build beautiful maps that look very pretty, and those are awesome. But if you haven't figured out how to fix your stuff in Google Maps. Apple Maps, Bing Maps, etc. all of the places that when you ask Siri, tell me how to get there, uh, that it will actually use to find your, find your way, it doesn't matter. Um, mm-hmm. If you can't get them there in the first place, you can't, uh, it, it, it won't matter how pretty your website map is if the pla- thing they're using to find you isn't accurate and they get lost. Um, Google obviously is, is the big one um, if you haven't used Google Maps out there um, I, I don't know where your rock is that you're hiding <laughs> um, MapQuest now has come a long way, It used to be the king of mapping now uses um, Nokia's here or now, what used to be Nokia uh, here maps as their baseline most of the time. That's what Bing Maps is using behind theirs. Uh, Yahoo, the same same way. Uh, most specialized apps are using OpenStreetMap data because the tiles are free. Uh, and actually, if you're starting a shoestring budget um, interactive map plan on your own campus and you can't afford one of the Uh, services out there, uh, OpenStreetMap data is a great place to start because you can work with it very easily and um, there's no cost inherent to um, directly using that data for your purposes. Uh, The reason I stumbled into all of this stuff was finding ways to make the maps good And make and then therefore make our campus maps look good, um, without any budget to speak of, save my own salary line. So
0: I'm sure none of us have ever experienced that. No, never. Every university. Oh my lord! Do everything with no money. It's like what?
1: (laughs) Do do this awesome thing, and your budget is you don't have a budget. Go, (laughs) but. So, uh, as it turned out, um, what we ended up using here is OpenStreetMap data behind uh, a little toolkit that I'll be uh, speaking on at Hyatt Web uh, in Memphis in a couple weeks. Um, is a map based on the Leaflet j- library, which is also free open source uh, co- JavaScript library that lets you build maps. From existing map data, which of course means you've got to fix the existing map data, um, which is part of what we're talking about well, most of what we're talking about today. Um, but then you can use that and you don't have some yet another engine or n- another system to make updates in going forward, the same place you're editing data um, to fix people getting to your campus, you can then use directly to have people find their way around your campus.
0: So it sounds like step one is to go into all the different places in which we have potentially public profiles, clean all of that up, get everything out that is either old names or bad information, make sure the latitude and longitude is correct, make sure that the street names are all good, so clean up everything that is publicly facing. Then at that point we can leverage building an interactive map for our for our our campuses through one of these tools. which you said was the Google Map Maker, OpenStreetMap, and then Apple Maps, and then also what was it here?
1: Yes, uh, here here okay. maps. So those are those are your data stores. Those are those are where all of your public profiles live. Awesome. Apple Maps for actual map tiles, for the most part, will pull whatever OpenStreetMap has, um, which is nice. It gives you only really three tools to edit in. Um, largely, Google obviously is the big one. Google knows tons and tons of things, and some of them are even true. Um,
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> um,
1: and and those who have seen seen me speak on this before, my favorite example with Google Places is is an actual. I went noticed a Google place in my our neighboring institution, Syracuse University, that somebody had created probably uh, as as a joke had created a, a place in the center of the Carrier Dome at Syracuse University called Haywood Jablomi Hall, which, which
0: everybody, everybody
1: will chuckle because it's not on yours. Uh, and, and I looked at the editing history of this in, in Google Mapmaker, in Google Places. Because a, a lot of the uh, place, place uh, actually, points of interest in, in Google Mapmaker probably started as Google Places. Um, and I looked at the history and, and I go, okay, so in 2012 or 2013 an actual Google employee approved that edit, that, that it's creation. Okay. So and this is I was preparing to do a workshop on this a couple of years ago at Hyatt Web in Buffalo. So I put in for a removal. Like this is clearly a joke. <laughs> Anybody who's ever read this would see it's pretty clearly a joke, and that was denied by a Google employee. Oh my god! Um, some little creative, uh, essentially, the map maker equivalent of Google bombing, uh, managed to uh, get that corrected with the help of a. Uh, my friend Jody Benedict over at St. John Fisher. Uh, and we managed to get it cleaned up. And this was what should be a clear and straightforward thing. It's clearly a joke. It clearly shouldn't be there. It's kind of in the middle of an athletic stadium. <laughs> oh, my
0: goodness. So what, how, how did you get it off? It was
1: essentially was a... a the, the map maker equivalent of Google bombing, um, same way you associate terrible things with people you don't really like on the internet, uh, the, was to quickly redo the edit, get a bunch of concentrated reviews on it so that uh, it was abundantly clear that the denial was an error and it was eventually approved.
0: So hypothetically, if we don't go in now and make sure that all of our information is updated in Google Maps as quickly as possible, there's a very good possibility that we could be trolled by students who want to go in and claim places that are, you know, really horrible names and things like that all over campus. Because if we're not doing it, there's, it's likely that they're going to be.
1: Right. And, and, yeah, and to a point, you will probably always be trolled by your yeah. student body. But we're used to this, um, so you want to establish as as quickly as you can, sort of a, a clear understanding of who's actually maintaining the content. Um, all of this syst- is generally the only place I've really seen a, there be much of a problem with that is in Google Places because it used to be, and I think they've made it a lot more difficult now. Uh, to do so, to anonymously just dump and run uh, trolling edits. It's harder to do that now than it used to be, Uh, but you can do it. That's the only one of the systems that I've really had encountered trouble with that. And that's really the only time I've had trouble with it.
0: so when I've tried it, so I've claimed our location at the University mm-hmm. of Virginia for the Career Center. And I went on to Google Places. I set up our location as a Google Place. At that time, you had to set it up with a Google Plus page, which I think are kind of on the way out. And then at that point, I got a postcard, and I was able to go back in and verify, like, yes, this is my location. This is my business. So it really is optimized for small organizations. Now, how am I... How would you do that for an entire campus? How could you update all of the offices or building names, etc., using Google Maps? Like, I mean, obviously, if I, you know, I, I can't be in every single building, you know, to be able to get that postcard. So, what's the best way yes. to to do that?
1: Um, the yeah, the joy the joy of those postcards is always best, especially if you know it's something where well, the mail the default mailing address. Or that building means you're. It'll probably fall to the bottom of your mail services group, and they'll be very confused, and you'll never get it. <laughs> um, I, I I think when I started this project, I claimed all of our buildings, and I successfully actually got the postcard for two of them, maybe, um, and 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 one of those I got like two three months after. After it had been received on campus, because somebody finally figured out. Oh, right, Aaron's working on that.
0: <laughs> um, well, that's at a small campus. What are we doing That's a do small with, campus. Yeah, we're we a dozens campus. of buildings or hundreds of buildings. Like, what do you do at that point?
1: Yeah, um, what you can do, and like I said, I'm on a small campus and had already sort of gotten to that point. Um, by the time uh, this was figured out, um, Jeff Stevens has figured out at university of florida health uh has figured out a way to actually reach somebody at google (laughs) i don't know what kind of wizardry magic he used to get there but he actually found a person there who was able to help him figure out how to do bulk edits um there's a there's a spreadsheet and they have a you fill it out a special way and you get everything organized and then you submit it and they trust you and crazy things like that. <laughs> um, and, and, and it worked. Um, I haven't done it myself at the bulk, bulk level, um, but I know it's actually possible. Um, beyond that, at the, at the more localized level, um, you can make edits in Google Map Maker if you've claimed places successfully already, that's awesome. Make the edits there. Um, there's sort of a hierarchy of uh, of the data sources that Google trusts that you can publicly edit. Um, places is about as high as it gets, uh, because it, they they their local reviewers will will trust that the actual you the business as it were, um, because it has a, rev- a reviewing community that will take care, of, try to take care of things for you um, and serve as a check. Um, some days it works better as a check than others. They have a small army of people um, employed as actual Google local reviewers. Um, they will also look primarily at, uh, at point of interest Uh, Mark's rep more so than road edits or things like that Um, and then you can always submit a just straight through Google Maps you can report an error those will eventually those generally feed into map maker and get reviewed by that community um, more directly than. and it takes forever for anything anything like that to to actually become live could you so it's nice it? and it's nice and it's nice and complicated.
0: <laughs> yeah, could you explain a little bit more about OpenStreetMaps
1: and, open, and what that? Yeah. that is? So OpenStreetMap started as uh, it's an open, obviously, it's a, as the name would indicate, as an open-source set of map data. Um, some people were out there said basically, map data as a thing, there should be some open store that knows this stuff that isn't directly in the control of major multinational corporations. And it, it, it started out uh, at fairly modestly, um, but it's a really versatile tool. And so been, they've gotten some grants uh, and some work through a company called Mapbox uh, has done a great deal of work, to make, to sort of catch up uh, those maps. Part of the reason why Apple Maps were so roundly criticized when they first kicked Google Maps off of the iPhone and, and replaced it with their own was they were heavily reliant on data stores that hadn't caught up. Like Google had a huge head start in developing this vast network of map data. Some of it good, some of it bad, but it was more there. And when essentially what happened when Apple released their maps is it sort of reset the clock. Like OpenStreetMap had sort of gotten there at the time. Uh, the editing tools were a little flaky. They were, they worked, but they weren't quite ready for prime time. And that really pushed this uh, this forward. So, OpenStreetMap uh, Mapbox helped them uh, build a much more solid and more powerful editor that's very much like Google Map Maker for editing things. Time to live for making an edit on tile, on actually being available to the public on map tiles, is fairly close to instant. Um, it certainly is for for internet speed. It's very fast at being live. There is not really a review layer but it sort of works in much the same way as like, the wikipedia model works where inaccuracies generally don't stay out there too long
0: so this so open maps is used as the foundation for facebook apple maps foursquare craigslist oh yeah bing am i missing anything or no bing, bing is here yeah. maps so bing, is, here bing maps. is
1: primarily here um, and here maps uh, you might have noticed years and years ago when you were looking at MapQuest or even in the early days at, at Google Maps, you would see a little, you know, in the bottom corner they, they say something about you know, copyright a company called Navtech. Yeah. Here was Nokia, which before that was Navtech. Um, Also, the and this is probably the most frustrating of the data stores to edit in, um, because this data, you've probably not really heard of here, or Navtech even, as a mapping provider. uh, But they are also the mapping provider for most GPSs uh, and navigation systems, all of that stuff is all, for the most part, navtech data. So more often than not, this is what people are actually indirectly hitting through Bing or Yahoo or any number, including MapQuest nowadays even, um, are getting here data for maps when I went to start editing our campus in, in what then was still NavTech, tech, uh, half of our roads, I told you how crazy our roads are signed versus uh, what they are legally. Well, half of them didn't even exist. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I had to start from there and it's the tools have gotten much better. They're again, very much like Map Maker, they all have the same approach to editing data: provide details, edit things, establish yourself as a as somebody who knows something about your area, hopefully, um, and, and keep submitting data uh, until things are right. But because NavTech maps are everywhere and usually on harder update devices um, the time to live for fixing data uh, in here maps can be 6 months to a year oh wow if you make an edit today depending on because it's it's a subscription essentially all of these manufacturers for gpss and everything and everything else subscribe on a cycle And there's review because this we're talking, like in the in the old days when you'd go uh, driving cross country with a road atlas, you know, so Rand McNally or whoever else. (laughs) This has an approval process like print. Yeah, and a subscribe process.
0: How archaic!
1: Also like print. (laughs) Oh wow! Granted you're making edits and you're creating roadways and things like that. This may actually be seen by somebody who actually does cartographic data for a living. So it's kind of cool in that sense. But yes, it takes forever to to actually see the edits you make go live. It's gotten a lot better. Um, The first edit to then Navtech Map Reporter that I made... When I started this so uh, five years ago, took almost two years to be live in Bing.
0: Oh my Lord, <laughs> two years.
1: Yeah. so um, there's there's a reason why I don't generally re- recommend relying unless your campus happens to already look awesome in it. I generally don't recommend using here's maps as your base data, if you're going to build a a campus map on top of it. Because of that, uh, the time it takes to fix things and have them show up live in the tiles that you're pulling can be very lengthy, um, almost guaranteed lengthier uh, than your project wants them to be. At the same time. Uh, things like OpenStreetMap, time to live is almost instant. Map maker, uh, generally, for the most part, if they as long as there's active reviewers in your area, um, staying on top of things, you can be la- you can have edits live a week or two most. Awesome. And so bulk, ed- bulk editing, bulk uh, editing, bulk editing, you can do even better. Than that. So how do we? So once we go through and we uh, we make. Get all the
0: clean up all the locations that we have, then we go through and make sure that all the public locations that we have are fully updated. Um, then we go through and build a campus map specifically for our university that um, people can go through and filter and that's interactive. At that point, how do we make sure that we're maintaining all of this content and all these different avenues easily? Do you have any
1: recommendations?
0: <laughs> Don't laugh, um, I need yeah, help. No, <laughs> I
1: know, I know. And 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 I'm more laugh Because more or less, I'm still the one who keeps an eye out on our campus. And I'm no longer in our public web office. I haven't been. Actually, I hit three years in my current office Monday, this past Monday. (laughs) And it's still my job to keep an eye on it Um, in, in no small part because there isn't a developer anymore where in the office where I, where I was. Um,
0: So it sounds like having at least one person committed to making sure the content is updated and then reviewing it.
1: Yeah. And, and it ongoing, ongoing, you on an ongoing basis, you really don't have to probably pay that close attention. Once you've gotten everything sorted out, Uh, the map maker editing has, has, Again, as the data has gotten better, there are a lot fewer hands in the pot. So there are a lot fewer people messing around. You can set up, in in Google Map Maker, you can set up watch areas, essentially, where it's supposed to notify you. I've never actually successfully gotten the notification outside of being in Map Maker. In theory, you you can actually set up notifications so you can be notified when somebody, when something happens in your area. Um, But ideally, worst case scenario, uh, you're looking at at least quarterly sort of checking in. Looking around, seeing everything still looks, and being proactive, especially if you're on a campus that's growing and building buildings, because really love to at at construction usually every summer on every campus in ever um is staying on top of it Um, now with new construction the one thing to think about uh and, and where you'll probably find some frustration is if you don't have a strong editing community locally um most of the people reviewing your edits are not local and they'll be relying on the satellite view, keeping up. Yeah. Um, I, we, we built a a dorm a few years ago and they were very, I, I had a very hard time convincing editors that this was a good, this was a real thing. And this was a real building outline for what, at the time, on the satellite view, still looked like a bunch of houses. Mm-hmm. Uh, I eventually got there, uh, a little persistence. Uh, Google Map Maker and every, all of these systems let you leave comments. You can leave links to stories about what's being built, pictures, renderings, any supporting documentation you can find, get it out there. Um, and put it with your edits as you're making them that way, uh, people reviewing your edits know what's going on, awesome. uh, and can provide you a little bit a little bit more credibility. Like I've made uh, Syracuse University just across the street uh, closed a roadway and built a promenade, pedestrian only. Awesome, looks great now that it's done. It took a couple weeks for that edit to be approved because. The map and it says, well, yeah, there's very clearly still a road there, and even the satellite view has at least one central bus, one local city bus driving down it. Um, but I links to the local news coverage of it and all that fun stuff, and, and, it, and it got approved pretty easily. So it's supporting documentation will, will help you. Uh, but yes, the ongoing maintenance is not nearly as daunting as, as it might seem.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we just got to have you watch all of our campuses now.
1: <laughs> uh, sure, I'll get right on that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, well, I'd like to thank you so much, Erin, for giving us so many great tips and going over uh, some really great information, and um, thank you to everyone who's been watching, and thank you to our program uh, sponsor, M. Stoner, and uh, make sure to check out for more shows on Higher ed Pro, from, with Higher Ed Pros on higheredlive.com, and we will see you next time.